everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Word About Wealth, a podcast where we tackle the often complicated world of money and finance. My name is Kevin. And this is Van. Hi, Van. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> what we do here on this podcast is take a common sense approach to topics surrounding money. We'll do our best to define concepts, give examples, and really have a casual conversation about money and wealth. No pants. Um, what pants are oh, we wearing right, today? Oh, that's right. That's oh, right. I, I thought about this. <laughs> okay. Today, okay. I said we're gonna make uh, we're gonna make wealth and finance feel like your favorite spot on the sofa. Spot on the sofa. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, wow. You know that comfy. Everybody has that comfy chair. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what we want to make wealth and finance. Be. Oh, wow, wow. But disclaimer, Van. Disclaimer. Oh yes, disclaimer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is important to note here that we are not financial advisors, nor do we pretend to be. What we share on this podcast should be taken as general education and financial entertainment and should not be misconstrued as official financial advice. That's correct. Uh-huh. That's correct. Man, I like that spot on the sofa. Yes. Actually, yeah. I, I think your couch has uh, several spots I like. Oh, really? Yes. Really? Well, well, well. <laughs> it's no, very good. There you go. See? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. See? That, that's how we want to make finance feel like <clears throat> for most folks out there. Right, man? Of course. That's correct. Of course. So we are back for part two. Part two of what? Part two of Roth IRAs. Oh, that's right. That's the Mr. Right. Roth. Yes. A lot okay. of people probably were confused at our 26-minute episode last that's, month. They were like... Last well, week. They probably thought there was something wrong with that MP3 file that they downloaded, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, but not to be... Not to worry, folks. Last week, we were just setting the table. This mm-hmm. week, we're actually going to get into a lot of the meat. And Van's going to mm-hmm. share some really cool stuff, including things like a backdoor... Wait, mega backdoor? Yeah, backdoor, I, mega backdoor, and all that. And I mean, it's, I mean, it, you said meat, but I think uh, a lot of our vegetarians would think this is a big, oh. big block of tofu. Oh, that's right? true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well respected. Good call there, man. See? Good yeah. call. Yes, big block <laughs> of tofu. Um, but before that, I, I did want to call out that we're at 13 reviews, Van. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, I mean, everybody. Again, really appreciate all those reviews. I mean, just um, I know I, I think Kevin has mentioned a, pe- a while back that our goal is like about 100. That's right. So um, again, we're going to keep talking about this until we get that 100. But again, like for those who already reviewed us, again, thank you very much, guys. Yes, it's thank you. Very. Yeah, we were uh, actually I did. Uh, the last time I checked, it was, I think, nine. And then yeah. when you when you uh, right before we recorded it, you told me we had 13. And I was like, what? Yeah, and right. Yeah, that's, really, that's really cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. And uh we just both upgraded our phones to the latest iOS. Mm-hmm. So now we can actually see the reviews much more clearly. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I was a little bit upset of that app in the beginning. That's right. Yeah, but That's right. I, think, I think it's all squared away now. So perfect. Yeah. So Van, you ready to jump right back into it? Sure. Yeah, okay. let's do it. Perfect. So for folks that had listened to the episode last week, um, you will know that we were talking a lot about what a Roth IRA was supposed to be, um, and we were going through the pros and cons of it. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to that, I highly encourage you to go back. Otherwise, this episode might seem a little bit dense. Would you say that, Van? I mean, I mean we'll try to do a break it down, but... I mean, you have to find out why it's called Roth IRA. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that single-handedly is a good reason why you should go back and look at episode one. Right. So, I mean, plus it's not that long, so I think even if you had to, you know, it probably takes you about one um, car commute yes, to your work to absolutely. listen to it, whereas you know, some of our other episodes were at least two commutes, right? That's correct. <laughs> 
uh, to and from, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's get back into it, Van. Uh, sure. We were talking last week. We ended on the con uh, pros and cons of why you should have a Roth IRA. But from that, we wanted to start diving a little bit deeper into kind of what is involved when you invest, right? So um, is this, you know, we, we compared a lot last week with like a, tr- uh, a 401k and a traditional IRA. Right. And we were saying that a lot of the times – a lot of people, I think, equate a lot of these as the same thing. But would you say that it's – is it the same in terms of investing like in a 401k? Is it easier? Is it more complicated? Talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. The concept really is the same, right, as, yep. as, in terms of you're retiring uh, – you are saving up for retirement. So, again, those are the common um, characteristics between a 401k and a Roth IRA. However, the way you invest is a little – it is a little bit different because mm. in your 401k, uh, we, as we mentioned before <clears> – <throat> You have maybe, you know, maybe a couple of dozen funds that you can choose from right. that your employer-sponsored 401k offers you, right? Whereas your Roth IRA, I mean, depending on certain brokerage firms that you um, that you invest with, you can have hundreds or maybe even thousands of funds that you can invest in. So the good news is the options are a lot bigger. So, so people like people like me or somebody who is like a little bit more advanced would probably like those options. But yeah. somebody who's just starting out to create a Roth IRA, I mean, it's, it's super overwhelming yeah. at the moment. So, so when you're when you're saying like the four hundred one k has limited options, that's because four hundred one k, which is usually sponsored through your employer, right. um, they're not going to give you the the farm. In other words, they're going to give you a, a few select funds to invest into. Is that how it works? It, it is. I mean, I think Got that it. it's it's intentionally built that way. So that Got way, it. it's not too. Um, I mean, I always wish that there was a, a class for you know, how to do a 401k yeah. that is sponsored by your your um, HR because a lot of people even you know still guess and pick and choose. And yeah. I don't think you know I've, I've seen a, quite a few 401k portfolios and it's just to me it just looks completely wrong. Yeah. But I mean, but the good news is they're putting money into it, right? But I mean, if you had somebody who could come in and give a presentation on what to look for and provide these type of services, I think that's better. But again, with the Roth IRA, it's just kind of almost a wild west out there. Um, unless you go and talk to these brokerages and, you know, you p- maybe pony up for the extra, um, you know, advisement fees and so forth. Got it. So when it comes to Roth IRA, then it's pretty much the wild west then because you're pretty much going to be you can invest in anything. Is that fair to say or more or less? I mean, I don't let's see. I'm ch- trying to think if my Vanguard lets me do like, a, you know, if I want to just invest in Apple or some yeah. kind of single stocks. I want to say they do, but mm. I may be wrong on that. Got it. But I mean, me personally, again, I, I like to choose just the uh, broad based index funds because per- personally, I like to choose all the uh, low index, um, low fees, right? I mean, right. You know, again, oh, fees, we right? know, Van. Yeah, Preaching to the yeah, choir. No, 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 no. Uh, violin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got to add more sounds. That's right. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> we'll have to do that next week. Of course. Of course. <laughs> be Stay tuned, folks. Yeah, he, so Kevin has a new phone now, That's so right. he can do that really, really easy. That's right. But, again, uh, but, but I would say that if you can at least narrow down just to the uh, index funds, I think, I mean, similar to your 401k, it's going to narrow down your options quite a bit. Got and it. by doing that, you have a more focused uh, you know, selection going cool. forward. Great. So is there, would you say that there's uh, some best practices when you're talking about a, uh, a Roth IRA, about things that you can do? Is it very similar to a 401k in traditional IRA or is it very different? Uh, so the, for best practice, I mean, I would just follow what you do for your 401k. Okay. I mean, for instance, if you have a certain portfolio in your 401k, I mean, the easiest thing to do is to emulate a similar portfolio in your Roth IRA, right? Okay. So that way you're really just applying everything that you've learned in um, episode, uh, I don't know what episode, but uh, 401k 101 part one and part that's two right. <laughs> of a word about wealth. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, you know, a lot of, we do 
highlight a lot of yes. uh, best practices there. And I think, that, um, yes, a lot of those best practices also apply to Roth IRs as well. Very cool. Yeah. So I know that uh, from last week's episode, we talked about the fact that Roth IRAs, there's also limitations on how much you can contribute each year. Correct. Right? Um, would you say that some of the would you say that you should be maxing that out every year or should it be really just, you know, to some degree, it shouldn't impact your ability to 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 live, I guess. But at the same time, what is a good practice there? Well, I, generally, I, I personally like to always max out your Roth IRA as well, um, mainly because one, the limit, the annual limits are not that high. So for people again, I think from the last episode, we said that people under 60 or I'm sorry, under 50. Get um can up and pay up to older. Yeah, yeah fifty yeah. or younger. Or younger. Um, yeah. Actually, forty nine or younger. Yeah. can contribute fifty five hundred a year, and right. fifty and older can contribute sixty five hundred a year. And I mean, it's if you factor in, you know, look at the things that you pay for every day that are you know nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> Think, you know, like nonsense. I, I you know I just I just bought a PS four Pro and that, hey, that's, that's completely nonsense. <laughs> that's completely that nonsense. is nonsense. <laughs> but I mean, I could have easily put that money towards my Roth IRA that's or true. things like that, yeah. right? Oh, so, you you're not you're you make mistakes too, Van. I thought you um, were perfect. No, <laughs> no, no. Everybody really. knows yeah. you still max out your four. Your I Roth, do. Though. So I actually, I mean, currently I, I, I max out both my four hundred one k and my Roth. But let's say that if I didn't max out my Roth, I would probably I probably should have bought that PS four yeah, Pro, agreed, right? Agreed. So in any case, um, I I would say that the main thing is that with the Roth, um, it's uh, if you. It, if you invest in both your 401k and your Roth, you're, what you're doing really is you're diversifying your tax situation. So, for instance, with hmm. your, uh, with you, with, today we know what our tax rates are for ordinary income tax, but in the future, uh, yeah. you have no idea, right? I mean, let's think, you know, you know with the Roth IRA was, uh, was available, it was, um, uh, there was, you know, it was from the Tax Act of 1997. So yes. there might be a tax act of twenty twenty five that we have no idea what's going oh, to be about, right? Are you a legislator? <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, um, I know, we don't only yeah. know that the taxes are going to go up, stay yeah. the same, or go down, For right? Sure. So by having uh, both buckets in your pre tax four hundred one k and your post tax Roth IRA, you're really kind of you know playing on both fields. Got it. Yeah. So Van, I know one of these questions have come up in the past, but I think it's good to bring it up again. Um, if you have the option of contributing obviously you have one lump sum of money each year let's say that you're able to contribute uh, comfortably into retirement if you have the option to invest in a 401k and a Roth IRA is there but you can't do max on everything because you just don't have enough money is there a good ratio you should do that or should you try to max one of them out versus the other what are your thoughts on that uh, that's a loaded question it too, is though. it is a yeah. very loaded question I mean and, and I think it, I mean the reason why it's loaded is because it's up for a, plenty of debate and so yep. forth right um, I mean in my, in my opinion it just depends on your current tax situation and what you project your future tax situation will be so for instance if you are making a ton of money right yes. now and you're you're on a higher tax bracket, then my recommendation is go ahead and uh, put max out your four hundred one k first, right? Yep. So to bring down that taxable income. Right. But if you are in, let's say in your fifteen percentile or less uh, tax bracket, then I would probably put more priority towards the uh, Roth IRA, um, given that you've already maxed out your match for your four hundred one k. So Got you it. you want to get that free money first, and Got then it. you could put more in your four, uh, into Smart. your Roth IRA, right? Got it. And but th th another thing is. If you think that in the future you're going to go, you know, balls to the walls and just spend like a lot more than you are today, then more than likely your tax situation is going to be higher uh, tomorrow than it is today. So in that case, I mean, you should do Roth IRA in that case. Got it. Right. So again, it's, it, there's so many variables. Here. Yeah. yeah. And I know you, you talk a lot about the fact that if you one easy way to look at 401k and Roth is 
just ask if your employer is actually matching, right? Because if it's not matching, then it becomes a it may be much harder. But if it's if they are matching, you've always said you're a big proponent of hey, free money. You should be try to max that out and attain as much of that. Absolutely, as you can, right? Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Um, we talked about fees and low, low, uh, low fees, mm-hmm. uh, because we know, I, I heard you're a fan of that. Uh, yeah. I heard, I, I yeah. heard about that, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. one of these episodes, I think <laughs> ago, um, what, is there a good way to look at how you should go about the different types of funds? Um, what are some best practices there, Van? Sure. So I would say, first of all, avoid funds with front, uh, something called front end fees, or a lot of times they're called, um, mutual fund A class shares. Mm, um, so meaning okay. that because a lot of these uh, front end free fees are they take a 5% off the, you know, whenever you purchase it. And then mm. later on the line, you, you know, you don't pay that 5%, but you do still have a high um, yearly or expense ratio that you have to pay. Um, another thing is uh, I would select funds that have a gross expense ratios of, of no more than 0.5%. Uh, so half a percent. Um, again, it's just, you know, we, we did the example of what a 1% fee would look like and how it would um, basically eat away at your earnings over yeah. a long period of time. So um, if you could reduce that, then th- that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. Remind us again what gross expense ratios is again. Sure. So it's a fee, like a management fee that um, all mutual funds have um, that they charge you either quarterly or yearly or so forth. Got right. It. And um, I would say uh, most ma- actively managed fees have an average expense ratio of at least 1%. Mm-hmm. And then all, most index funds, though, have a maybe average expense ratio of maybe a tenth of percent or lower or, or so. The, Got it. Again, th- it all depends on the fund sure. that you, you're choosing. But yeah. basically, it's the fees that is associated with managing that portfolio, right? Exactly. Because, again, you know, these companies, they're not doing the it funds. free for free, right? It. So it's just, you know, somebody has to pay for their services, yes. right? <laughs> that makes sense. Um, and, and, and their yachts and their mansions and yes, all that, right? that is the most important mm-hmm. thing. And then you you personally like to select funds that are a little bit cheaper, even than that, right? Oh yeah. And what are your what is your rule of thumb when it I comes mean, to that? I personally uh, exclu- almost exclusively uh, invest in index funds yep. or ETFs um, that have really low expense ratios. And I mean, personally, I like to uh, aim at ones that are um, a tenth of a percent or lower. Wow. So th- those are the ones I, I look at. And the, the, another good thing is those index funds are super diversified as well because they usually mirror like the S&P 500 or yeah. certain some like an international market or a bond market. So, again, it's just something that is, is cheap and it's well diversified and, you know, you can't really go wrong with these. Is there a, a lot of variety when it comes to those types of funds that are less than or 0.1 percent or lower? So I would say the ones that are 0.1 percent or lower are typically the domestic ones or okay. like the bond or domestic bond ones. So, but when you go to international ones, and they get a little bit more expensive. So maybe like 0.15 or 0.2. Okay, so, but again, it's just they're still really low. Got it. Um, any other best practices, Van, uh, to kind of bring up now before we move to bad practices? <laughs> yeah. So again, I would just say keep it simple. Yeah. Uh, because um, I think in my uh, when we were talking about my only uh, my personal finances in the past, uh, my Roth IRA had maybe about fifteen or so funds, and you know it, it's just it was just so confusing, right? And yeah. it was just like yeah. And throughout the year, um, my planner was just buying and selling, buying and selling, and it was just kind of a mess. But I would say just keep it simple. And I mean today I just keep it at three funds max. So I have my U.S. fund, my international fund, and my bond fund, and that that's really it. And that's all I manage. Nice. So, so when you do that, it's just a lot easier just to, I mean, it's, it, does, it actually doesn't make, it's not very complicated to manage once you have just those three funds. Got it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for that, man. What about then, let's move on to the, the flip side of it. Sure. What are some bad practices to avoid when you're talking about investing in a Roth IRA? I mean, again, it goes back to the same bad practices as your 401k, right? So again, yep. make sure that 
you, you know, during a recession that you do not stop or you do not reduce your investments during a recession. I mean, there's one thing when you're out of a, out of a job and all yep. that. Right. And then, you know, that's, that's something that you can't control, but if you are still working, then man, like that is the time to buy, buy, buy. Yeah. And I know there's like all this talk about impending recession and all that, but I mean, personally, I'm looking forward to it to see, yeah. uh, so that, you know, I know that's when the, these stocks and these, um, mutual funds will be on sale. But again, it's just, just, you know, when, it, when, when the market tells you to run, you should run, to, you know, run towards it, not away yep. from it. Yeah. Makes sense. Or actually, when I say not the market, but the media tells you to yeah. run. <laughs> yeah, because you hear that a lot, quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, that it's coming. But to your point, that's when you can get some realized value right. uh, in, in purchasing, right? I mean, it's like people get all you know happy when they t- save 10% at Target, right? Yeah, I mean, right. What, what if I tell you that these stock mar- uh, these stocks are you know 50% off yeah. <laughs> yeah. at the moment, right? It totally so, makes sense. Yeah. I think it's probably a more psychological thing than anything else, right? Oh, yeah. It's like you, hear, you see the red and you're like, oh, man. Well, it's not only the see the red, but when you watch the media, it's yeah. just it's so depressing, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. I, I actually, I used to watch the news. Um, I would say more frequently before, yeah. but during the you know two thousand eight, two thousand nine crash and so forth, it's just got so depressing that I just I just turned it off. Yeah, and I felt like my life was much better for it since then. You know, I oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> oh man, no, I, I totally agree with you though. Any other bad practices, Van? I would say let's see. The last one I have here is that. Um, Make sure that you don't do early withdrawals from your Roth IRA because um, there are some penalties associated with yep. that. I mean, there there are so in the um, later in this episode, I'm going to talk about certain ways you can withdraw without penalties. But um, if you just straight up withdraw uh, without um, these other consideration, um, normally there's a 10% penalty, and also you may be subjected to ordinary income tax. So again, you're you know you, you were already paying taxes when you in- contribute to it, and so you don't want to pay taxes again when you remove it, right? Don't do it, folks. Yeah, don't do it. That doesn't make sense at yeah. all. I mean, you should really only do that if you are like going to be in the streets or something yeah. like that, or like something's very dire. But I mean, if it's something that, I mean, you could just not buy a PlayStation that yeah. month to do, then just... Uh, uh, you're so hard on yourself. Right? <laughs> just one purchase. It's okay. Hey, but it's, uh, but I always pride myself on figuring true. out what are needs versus wants, right? And Practice it, what you preach. Exactly. That's right. I hear you. <laughs> and again, uh, you, you, should, you shouldn't treat your Roth IRA um, as like a bank account. Like Got it. Kind of what we said in our 401k. Again, it's just something there for the long term, but it, you shouldn't just treat it like it's something that you could take it um, out or take in and so forth. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Cool, Van. Well, thanks for uh, going through that. Um, well, let's let's switch gears a little bit because mm-hmm. I know that this is always a topic of discussion. Yeah, uh, uh, there are definitely some uh, folks out there who are earning too much to invest in a Roth IRA. Oh, boo-hoo, right? Yeah, These right. People. <laughs> yeah, you know, cry me a river. Right. But at the same time, I think it's worth discussing, right? Of I course. Mean, I definitely think that this is something that happens to a good portion of the of of the. You know, you're talking about the one percenters. <laughs> I'm like trying to find the right words to describe these folks, but but frankly, I, the the folks who the, what is defined earning too much actually covers m- much less than the one percent, right? I Correct. Mean, so in this case, what happens in these scenarios? Because I know that there's still ways to take advantage of some of the the benefits of that, even if you are in a bucket that maybe is defined as earning too much by government standards. Talk to us a little bit about that, Van. Sure. So again, when this Roth IRA came about, it was really meant for people who are uh, under a certain income level, right? right? So it was really built around that so that, you know, super wealthy people wouldn't be able to uh, basically put more money in here because more, you know, people who are super wealthy, Uncle Sam always wants their tax revenues the most, right? Absolutely. But 
I have to say there are some loopholes and, um, you know, what we call backdoors as uh, to you know, invest in Roth IRAs, regardless of where, which income level you have. Okay. Yeah. So the first method I want to call is called the uh, backdoor Roth IRA. But again, actually, let me uh, back up a little bit because sure. I, I just want to reiterate that um, the income limits for the Roth IRA. Yes. So That's good. again, for if you're single, uh, filing single. You you know you, you, technically you can't contribute to your Roth IRA if you make more than one hundred thirty three thousand um, dollars in twenty seventeen, and then in a married filing joint you can't make more than one hundred ninety six thousand um, dollars joint um, you know in that year. But again, uh, regardless of what you make, I'm going to give you a couple of ways to get around this um, you know this conundrum, right? Yeah. All right. So backdoor Roth IRA. Um, so the way this works is. Let's say you contribute. Um, so in your traditional IRA, there's actually two types of traditional IRAs out there. There's one that's called, uh, that, uh, there's a deductible t- uh, traditional IRA where you contribute with, with um, uh, you know, pre-tax dollars effectively. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one called a non-deductible t- traditional IRA where you p- uh, contribute that with uh, post-tax dollars. Got it. Okay. Right. So nor- <clears throat> normally if you if you keep m- putting money into your non-deductible, uh, t- t- uh, non-deductible traditional IRA, Man, this is kind of a that's word a, pull. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> right? a mouthful right there. Yeah, yeah. So what, normally when you put that in, you pay taxes when you put in there or put it contribute. But then when you pull it out, you also pay taxes again. So you mm-hmm. kind of get, you know, double ding that way, right? Okay. Now, when you put money into your traditional IRA, what you can do is you can do something called a conversion. Yep. So when you do a conversion, you can actually convert it from a tra- non-deductible traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. So that way, you know, you, you, um, so essentially you put money into uh, post tax into your uh, non-deductible traditional IRA. Um, so, you know, you're already paying taxes there, right? And then you convert it to a Roth IRA. So now all that money is in the Roth IRA now. And then once it's in the Roth IRA, when you pull out in the future, it doesn't get taxed anymore. Oh, yeah. interesting. So it's just, it's essentially like paying, um, you know, putting money into a Roth IRA, but you're kind of doing it like you're adding one more step, actually maybe two more steps before you actually contribute to your Roth IRA. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So is there any taxes or any fees you have to pay to convert from a traditional IRA to a Roth? So the only taxes you pay are is based on any gains that you have um, before your conversion. So let's say mm. you put in you know fifty five hundred um, this year into your t- uh, non deductible traditional IRA, and let's say b- when you convert it, it's like you know you earn ten dollars in capital gains. So yeah. that account is you know fifty five hundred and ten dollars, right? So when you convert into a traditional uh, Roth IRA, uh, you just pay t- uh, taxes on that ten dollar gain. Yeah, Got and it. that th- that you pay um, you know ordinary income tax on. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me kind of spitball it back to you because mm-hmm. that was definitely something new I've never heard of. Okay. Uh, and that seems does seem a little bit complicated. So traditional IRA, there's two kinds. Mm-hmm. There's a non-deductible and a deductible Correct. type. Yeah. The only way you can do this backdoor, number one, is if you do a non-deductible traditional IRA. Correct. You can't do it from a deductible. That is correct. Okay, yeah. cool. Got it. And then from there, basically, money is put in, uh, which is... Pre-tax or post-tax? Post-tax. It's post-tax mm-hmm. money. So you – okay. Do you get the the benefits of the traditional IRA on that tax year? No, because there's there's nothing to deduct at that point, right? Because you already oh, paid taxes on it. Got right? it. Well, I mean okay. you, you can technically put money in your traditional IRA and then convert to your Roth, but then you're going to have – when you do the conversion, then you have to pay um, ordinary income taxes on that got conversion. Got it. Okay. Right? But then totally in this case, you already put in – you already paid the taxes up front. Got and then when it. you convert it to Roth IRA, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, there's really no, you know, you don't want to pay taxes again, right? So it's like you're basically doing a Roth IRA, but doing it 
through a traditional, the traditional yeah oh, exactly interesting okay yeah. cool. so that way i mean um and the, i would say the best practice for this one is when you put a i would just put a lump sum into your traditional ira and then once you ha- once you um are ready to convert just convert right away so Got like for, i mean like let's say Don't for instance, around yeah so I, I wouldn't just keep putting like a little bit of money into your traditional ira until you have enough for that 5500 because the market can fluctuate and then Got it's going to be kind of difficult to track what your capital gains are or your losses and so forth right so what i would do is just you know set aside um set aside like savings account and just put in you know um whatever amount in um let's say like what's what's it 5500 let's say you want to do it monthly um divided by 12 so you know you could just put in like about 450 dollars per month in the savings account and then once you have enough for 5500 you know God. in your savings account just Dump it into your traditional IRA and then just do the conversion, you know, right right away. Got it. Yeah. Don't like wait around. Got it. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so that cool. way it just makes it easy, right? Cool. Okay, that yeah. totally makes sense now. So in our show notes, uh-huh. there's a mega. Right. <laughs> Would you like to explain to us what a mega backdoor Roth IRA is? Mega, 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 oh, mega, mega, mega. Yeah. So I got actually I mean, this is something that I've read on the Mad Scientist, and I know we've mentioned him a few times because he's he's one of my personal Finance heroes. Heroes. Yeah, that's right. So he actually laid out. uh, I'm going to put in the show notes um, this site, but he laid out a real eloquent way on describing what a mega backdoor Roth IRA is. And I thought, you know, I, I, me personally, I thought it was pretty genius. And my understanding, he didn't think of this either. It's just other people ask him to explain this topic, but he just kind of laid it out with you know diagrams and all that. So um, again, I would recommend you if you want to know more about it, just take a look at this. But all right, I mean. This is this is pretty meaty or pity, uh, you know. This, this is a really big block of tofu. Oh, <laughs> we have the strap in our seatbelt, yeah. man. All right, so all right. Let's, let's let's walk it through slowly. Okay, let's walk it through. All right. So we all know that in our four hundred one k, our max contribution is eighteen thousand, right? So that that's all pre tax contributions. Um, eighteen thousand is pre tax. So again. But, but the, the thing that most people don't know is um, depending on certain 401k plans, you can actually contribute up to 54000 Wow. So basically, you know, eight, up to 18000 is pre-tax and anything uh, above 18000 is uh, you can contribute it with post-tax dollars. Okay. Now, you have to keep in mind that, you know, all your, um, com- your contribution plus company matches, um, you know, all that combined together can't exceed $54,000. Got it. Okay. okay. Got, reached, um, got me so far? Yep. All right. With so you. then- Let's say, um, let's see if you, let me think, how do you explain this here? Then, uh, sorry, it's just, it's kind of complicated. That's why it's a little bit hard for me to explain. Right. Sure. No, so, no, no. Take your time. So essentially like, you know, if you can, if your company lets you, um, contribute with post-tax dollar, uh, with a uh, past 18,000, that's good. And another thing you have to make sure is you can do something called an in-service distribution. So okay. basically what that means is you can take your 401k and you could convert that over to a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. Right? Okay. So one thing you can do is you can take. Um, so let's say you you contribute fifty four thousand into this year, right? Yep. Um, you can take eighteen of those uh, eighteen thousand and convert that into a traditional IRA, a deductible traditional IRA, right? And you can take the other thirty six thousand and then convert that to a Roth IRA. Oh, and okay. what what that does is it require it basically allows you to one. Um, contribute to a Roth IRA without even uh, without any income limits and two you can completely exceed the $5,500 a, a year limit oh, on their wow. Roth IRA so I mean th- does that make sense so far Kevin so so far the, the what I'm what I'm guessing mm-hmm. or what I'm getting from you is the 18k pre-tax mm-hmm. which is the yearly limit mm-hmm. that an individual can make to their 401k mm-hmm. that 
part turns into a traditional deductible IRA. Uh, non or, uh, deductible, yeah, deductible, correct. Deductible traditional IRA. Correct, yeah. Then For, basically the remaining, what you're saying is, is all, all using post-tax because mm-hmm. that's the rule. Correct. Uh, those will get converted. Are you doing it through the traditional IRA to a Roth IRA or no, directly to a Roth IRA? D- directly to a Roth. Oh, because again, that money is uh, more or less... Um, Contributing post tax already, so you're basically doing post tax to a post tax, you know, vehicle. Oh, okay, right? got yeah. it. Okay. So, and the beauty about this one is, which I didn't, under, um, which I thought it was pretty cool, is that you know when you max out your four hundred one k up eighteen thousand, I mean that's kind of the kind of the max that your um, your company can match, right, uh, pre tax. But if you go beyond that, I mean, in many cases, your company will continue to match that portion oh. beyond that. So again, it's just it's just more free money that your company can give you. But again, it, it depends on your company. Sure. I mean, some some of them would allow you to do that and some of them won't allow you to do that but Got again it. if your company does allow you to do that it's just it's just more free money for you at this Got case okay. but, but again it's just again um, you really need to have two types of uh, requirements for this so one is again it's um you have to be able to contribute with post-tax dollars after the 18000 mm-hmm. And then you have to do um, allow um, the in-service distribution, which is the conversion from a 401k to a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. Got okay. it. Yeah. That, so that has to be that has to be available. Correct. Through your 401k, your company's 401k. Absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to take advantage of something like this. Correct. Yeah. So if I were to back up, Van, the first, the backdoor Roth IRA mm-hmm. is an option for us to, for anybody to take money from a traditional IRA mm-hmm. and convert it into a Roth IRA. Correct. Right. And this mega backdoor is specifically talking about 401ks. Correct. And how to take that money to get to still participate in the Roth IRA. Exactly. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So I'm with you so far. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, now, how likely, I guess this is the question, is that this post-tax, uh, the ability for your 401k to have this option? Mm-hmm. Or is this very specific to maybe some really complicated plans? Or do you think this is fairly common? I think, I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I actually have an action item myself to call my fidelity and see if we can do this. Um, I have a feeling my wife's 401k plan can do this because they do they do um, advertise uh, contributing to post-tax dollars after oh. 18000 However, I don't know if they offer the in-service distribution. I see. So I don't, I mean, I, I, I would say, it's, I don't know if it's rare or if it's common, but it's, you know, mm-hmm. worth a call if you can, if you can afford that, right? Got it. Yeah, because I would say that for um, the mega backdoor Roth IRA is for p- those people who are extreme savers, yep. right? Whereas the um, the regular backdoor Roth IRA, I mean, that's that's something that, I mean, you could just, you know, stop, yeah, stop like drinking Starbucks a couple yeah. <laughs> a couple days a week and probably uh, you know, save up that money, right? Cool. Yeah. Well, but, uh, but you have an article that we, people can look at at the show notes if there's any questions. Yep. Right? Um, but the one thing I have to say here is that these are two loopholes that the government uh, or the IRS did not intend on having. <laughs> yeah. So these loopholes can, I would say, can go away at any time, especially if I would say probably if the next Democratic president comes in. <laughs> um, I mean, or somebody who's uh, more uh, pro tax, right? So it. I'm pretty sure if like Bernie Sanders won, I mean, oh, this yeah. would be very low hanging fruit that right. could be gone, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So. <laughs> really good point so again it's just i mean is it, these are something that i would say uh, more wealthy people have been that have been uh, exploiting uh, for the roth ira but i mean if if you uh, if our listeners you know are um you know in that bucket yeah in that bucket i was going to say like uh you know are rich with cash or uh, oh yeah. yeah or whatever well right? if you're rich with cash you you know you should know that we're taking uh sponsors for of our course. podcast so <laughs> that should be your first don't go for the mega back <laughs> go for the 
a word about wealth. Exactly. But uh, no, that totally makes sense, though, man. Yeah. Uh, thanks for walking us through that. Man. Yeah, no problem. That's, uh, I, I hope that's that, a lot. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope that makes sense because these those, so. those two concepts are pretty complicated. Yeah. So I w- I'm hoping that I did a decent job explaining all that. Well, I mean, I think you did a great job. I mean, if there's any question, folks, always feel free to, to write in. Um, we, we try to keep it as high level to the to the degree that we can with these more complex topics, but I'm sure, Van, that can get even more complicated. I would imagine, right? Yeah, I mean, but of those things. But I would say those are the, probably the two most complicated um, things that you can do with your Roth IRA. Cool. I mean, every other than that, it's um, it's pretty easy concept. Got it. Okay, so let's let's get like kind of get to the last point here, Van. I mm. mean, what about? Here, I mean, at the end of the day, people put money into the Roth IRA. They're going to start asking, well, okay, if I put it in, I can't touch it because, you know, Kevin and Van said never (laughs) to do the penalty. But now, at what point can I touch this money? Let's talk a little bit about how this works in retirement. Is there, you know, at some point, can I start taking it out? When does, how does this work? Sure. So generally, um, well, not generally, but the rule says that you need to be at least 59 and a half before you can withdraw penalty free. Um, but there, again, there are some loopholes around that, okay. right? Or some exceptions. Um, so here are some of the official um, qualifying reasons. Okay. So the first one is um, you can actually take out ten thousand dollars for uh, if you're a first time home buyer. So that's nice. something that uh, you know that if you need a quick down payment or a quick ten k, um, this, this is a good place to to grab that. Do you have to pay that back? I don't think so. Okay, so um, this is a one-time kind of like... That's a good question, actually, because I know with 401k, there's a loan that you could take, mm, but I don't know. You know, that's a good question because I'm not sure if this is a loan or this is something that you can just take as a distribution, to be honest. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, another thing is you can use it for qualified educational expenses, uh, such as college. So, for instance, if you're... Um, if, if you have a kid that is going to college and you are short on funds, then you can also take money from uh, your Roth IRA to pay for that. You can also... Uh, take money out of your Roth IRA if you become disabled or um, if you have deceased or some, you know, or your spouse has deceased, right? So again, that's another uh, qualified event. And uh, the last one I see here is if you are unemployed and you need to use, uh, you need money to pay for your medical expenses, then your Roth IRA can also be um, uh, withdrawn or did, uh, you know, you can use your Roth IRA money to pay for that as well. Cool. Yeah. And then I'm just doing a quick search on the 10K and it doesn't seem like you have to pay. Yeah, I don't don't think so, but I mean, yeah. But this guy was like, beware, be cautious because uh, of how much 10000 can compound over time, which like, you've oh, taught yeah. us about before. So Exactly. But that, yeah. So I mean, that's a big opportunity cost, right? Yeah, that's but, exactly what they said. Yep. But again, I mean, if I mean the last if the last few years have taught us, the, the real estate market has been going kind of going crazy. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, that's a good point. That's so, really good I point, mean, yeah. there's an opportunity cost of you losing that 10K gro- uh, compounded growth in your the stock market. But then there's also an opportunity cost if, you know, you, you may be outpriced <laughs> of okay. a home later on. Totally. Right. So it's it, it goes both ways. Cool. Mm-hmm. Are there you wrote here contributions of your principal can be withdrawn, though, at yep. any time? What does that mean? So that means that whatever you put into your Roth IRA minus any of your gains, you can always um, withdraw that at any time. So, for instance, if your Roth IRA balance has 15K, but uh, 10, you actually contribute 10K into that um, amount, then you can withdraw that $10,000 at any time you want. No without penalties. In, with no penalties. And oh. you, you don't have to pay that back or anything. Interesting. Now, there's a difference between a contribution and a conversion, right? And I think we talked about that in the last episode. Did we not? Yes. Yeah. So but let's let's go through that real quick. Sure. Again. So contribution is basically, you know, when you, I'm going to say, when you put money into your, uh, directly 
put money into your Roth IRA, that's called a contribution. Yep. When you do a conversion, is when, let's say you have a 401k that you convert to a Roth IRA, that's a conversion. So from one Got vehicle it. to another, that's a conversion, right? So with a conversion, it's a little bit different because you, you're not allowed to take that money out right away uh, without penalties. So with a conversion, you're actually required to wait at least five years um, after that uh, conversion in order to withdraw the principal balance. So, oh, interesting. So let's say if in 2015 I convert $50,000 from my 401k to my Roth IRA, then in 2020, which is five years later, I can withdraw that $50,000 penalty-free. That's all that oh, means. Oh, yeah. interesting. Oh, I did not know that. I thought the yeah. whole thing. So really, you're only penalized if you take out the interest exactly. that you gained on it. Whatever you gain, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, wow. So you can go ahead and just take out money um, that you've already contributed, right? Or but contribute and also convert it. Got it. Yeah. And, but in that sense, what you've said is the money that you put in, you have to really think about the lost opportunity cost if you start keep taking out mm -hmm. your initial contributions. To but, it, right? but I also have to say that it depends on how you you plan to use that money, right? Sure. So let's say that you put money in your 401k, um, you know, you max that out, and that's more than enough for you to retire on. And your Roth IRA could just be like a bonus account that you can use to um, do these other cool things, right? Because you remember your 401k, you don't have this type of flexibility at all. Right. Whereas your Roth IRA, man, it's just so much flexibility that you can you can have wow. with this. Okay. Yeah. Um, with, without penalties at, yeah. at all, right? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Um. But I have to say that because of these loopholes, I mean, um, Roth IRAs uh, are actually a great way to save for your college, uh, kids' college fund. Oh, what do you mean by that? Because, you know, r r typically most people, they either put it into like a bank account or to save for their kids' co uh, college or they put it into a 529 and so forth. But every time you do that and you uh, kind of, you know, when you apply for financial aid or some kind of aid program, um, those those assets actually count against you oh. because they see that you have money, right? But then they don't, the one thing they don't check, at least for now, maybe. <laughs> when Bernie Sanders becomes yeah. president, it would be different. Oh, actually, if Bernie Sanders becomes president, then college is free anyways. Yeah, so yeah, who that's cares, true. That's right? true. Yeah. <laughs> right? But <laughs> in any case, anything that's in a retirement account doesn't get uh, doesn't count as an asset uh, oh, in your financial aid, right? Interesting. So I'm actually rethinking this as my 529 plan because, I mean, I don't know if it's like unethical, but it's just the way it works right now is if I do a conversion, right, a lump sum conversion, um, or do like what I call you know the mega backdoor Roth IRA every single year, then you know five years from now or ten years from now, I can always withdraw the principal amount yeah. that I put in there, right? So again, it's just something that um, you know something that I could save money for and use for college, and then not even you know worry about any penalties or any kind wow. of um, any kind of assets that you know that financial aid would count against us and so forth. Wow! Yeah. And, and folks, for those that maybe didn't catch the five. 29 is a different topic that we will tackle very yep. soon but basically in a nutshell is a is a financial vehicle used to save for uh, education related purposes only right i mean in a, it's more or less like a roth ira for saving for college yeah <laughs> essentially exactly but it's you know it's just in a different vehicle called a 529 got it so yeah. you're actually rethinking how utilizing a 529 versus just doing some sort of uh, utilizing this, these some of these loopholes as a way to save up, so you still have flexibility. Exactly. Because my understanding is a five twenty nine doesn't give you that flexibility, Co right? Correct. Once it's in there, you have to use it for education. Your son or daughter, or your sorry, your son, your daughters <laughs> don't go to college for some reason. You don't know what to do with that money. Whereas exactly. a Roth, you have the flexibility. They want to go to different whatever else. You can still support them. Exactly. Yep. 
Although you're pretty like, much. You I mean, go to college. Well, I mean, it, it also like I mean, if if my kids don't go to college, like this, yeah. right? I mean, it's just another. Uh, you know, I can. You know, I don't have to pay that that penalty with the five twenty nine versus uh, with the Roth IRA. I mean, I'm not really paying any penalties there. Very cool. Yeah. So it's just again. A, That's but, interesting. But then again, like it, this could all go away. Yep. So it's really. I mean, my wife and I were talking about it, and I think um, you know. With Trump in in the um, in you know in the White House, oh, in White Office, White, White House. House. No White House. <laughs> I don't think this is going away anytime soon. Absolutely, but it's something that we maybe we can uh, uh, capitalize on now, and then later on we could always recontribute to our five hundred twenty nine. Yeah, right? very cool. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up, Van. I mean, sure. the last thing we always talk about, of course, is how a Roth IRA or any topic impacts our wealth. So, in this case, what what are your what do you say when it comes to Roth IRA? I mean. My the easy answer obviously is it definitely is a positive for your net worth uh, and your and your wealth. But how should people really think about four hundred one ks, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, and um, when it comes to if their goal is to build wealth over time, um, is it smart to do this right now? Is this something is more like nice to have once you have a certain level of income? How should people think about this? I mean. It- I think if you can, whatever leftover money that you can put towards retirement is always a good thing, right? I mean, yep. um, I, we mentioned before, you know, if, depending on you know, your income level, you know, one way is better than another. But I mean, to be honest, like if you're saving for retirement, I mean, that's really good already. And yep. I wouldn't worry too much about, you know, which tax bracket him t- today versus tomorrow and so forth. Because um, even if you don't know anything and you just blindly put money into a Roth IRA, then I think that's you're already better than many you know, people yep. out there, right? Totally agree. So, I would say that it's just something that you just have to, you know, um, I think for most people to be successful at this, just do the automated, um, you know, uh, contributions to this. And if you are in in this um, in these unique situations where you one, you make a ton of money or two, like, you know, you want to contribute more than your uh, 18,000 a year towards your, you know, you want to do the mega backdoor officially, uh, effectively. Right. Then you could look into that. But for most normal folks, I would say just contribute it with automated you know, contributions and, you know, you should be good to go. Perfect. Yeah. So, Van, I'm going to throw out three different types of scenarios and you just let me know what you think is the best option at this point. Sure. Right? If you're already in the highest tax bracket, what should someone do? I would say max out your 401k first. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if I expect to live on less income in the future? Then 401k is probably better still. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, if I expect to live on more income uh, in the future? Uh, you mean like be, you know, like basically be, uh, swim in a pile of cash. And yeah, that's that, right. right. You know, then uh, Roth IRA yeah, is probably better with that one. <laughs> so that, the, but that, that's essentially what it is, right? I mean, uh, 401k is really going to be pre-tax and Correct. then Roth is going to be post-tax. So right. it really depends on um, your your, I guess, expectation of income in the future right. and what you need, right? And another thing you have to consider is also the, with the Roth IRA, I mean, I know that this could potentially go away as well, right? So because if the government is hurting for tax revenue and yeah. so forth, they could, you know, again, they could have a tax act of, you know, 2025 that removes Roth really? IRS. You really want that to happen? No, I don't, actually. I, I don't want that to happen. I'm just saying that it can yeah. happen, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And if it does, then you might as well put money towards it now where, yeah. where it's still available um, versus in the future where, you know, it may not even be there anymore. Got it. Cool. So if uh, if folks now, you know, we're, we're at the end of the episode, they want to find out a little bit more about, I guess, what they can do to with regards to Roth IRA, what, what, like what's something that they can do right away? 
I mean, you think? I would say, first of all, um, you can look at your budget to see how much you can uh, contribute to your Roth IRA versus your 401k and so forth, right? Got it. So, I mean, this is all for not if you're not if you're not saving anything, then there's no point in putting money into these retirement vehicles, right? So right now, just figure out how much money you can scrounge up every single month. Yeah. And again, it doesn't have to be the exact same amount. I mean, some months you may have less and other months you may have more. So whatever you have left over, just you know, dump it over. Perfect. Cool. And then... If folks are really interested in Mega Backdoor, I guess yeah. they can start looking at that too. Yeah, as well, yeah. I mean, well, check, right? check out that link that I'm going to provide in the show notes, and awesome. you know, just walk through that, and you know, call your your Fidelity, your Vanguard, or whatever um, your 401k plan is under, and see, uh, just ask those questions. Perfect, Van. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that closes out. Did you have anything else to add? For folks on the Roth IRA at this point, I think it was pretty in depth. Um, no, I mean I think uh, I think <laughs> it's already, I don't want to overcomplicate things anymore, but <laughs> no, I think no, I'm no, good. It was good stuff. Yeah. So, folks, if you have any questions, especially if it gets to a little more of the complicated topics mm-hmm. like the backdoor and mm-hmm. the mega backdoor, please feel free to write in at a word about wealth at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions or additional topics that you like Van and I to cover, please do so. And then also, if you get, haven't had a chance, please continue to help us rate the podcast. Uh, we're at 13. 13, Van, yeah. Yeah, Van said 100. So that's uh, how much more ago? 87. 87, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to keep saying that every episode, 87. <laughs> so in any case, uh, we will see you later. All right, take care.